0: If you want to turn to Ephesians 1, uh, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about a topic that's very dear to my heart. And when Mark talked to me about coming, you know, the first thing I thought was, my goodness, what an honor. And the second thing was, what is it that I have to bring to you for you guys to come out tonight? You spent time worshiping God and connecting with Him and and loving on Him. What can I bring to the table tonight? And the thing that came to mind was talking about the power of the local church. That is something that is deep on my heart. That is something that I want to see, especially in a lead pastor position. But my whole life, looking back on it, that is something I've wanted to see, was the church empowered, the church on a mission, doing something for the the kingdom of God. And so we're going to talk tonight about the power of the local church. In Ephesians 1, verse 19... Through 23 it says, I also pray that you will understand that the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him, everyone say seated. Seated "Seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now He is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. I love that, anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of what? The church. For the benefit of the church. And the church is his what? His body. The church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. The power of the local church. Christ is the head giving us the power to do something here in the earth. That is what I want to talk to us about tonight. How many of you have experienced something from Jesus Christ? You've connected with Him. You know that He is the Son of God. He was raised from the dead. You believe that. You've confessed it with your mouth. And you're connected now to the church. The thing that Jesus died for. The thing that He laid His life down for. And now, seated in heaven, praying over, as we just heard, interceding for us. You are now connected to the church. You are now connected to the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. There is something that we're about. There is something that we're doing. There is something bigger than just me that I'm a part of. This thing called the church. I've encountered Him. Now, I I grew up in the church, and I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Texas. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> grew up in Texas. Didn't grow up here. I grew up in Houston area. And I've been a part of the church my whole life. Grew up, my mom taking me to church. And uh, seeing people um, Grew up in the same church. I was always in the same location. Didn't jump around. So I grew up watching people grow, you know, through my life. Watching them go ups and downs and learning how to do life with people. But when I turned um, 18, 19 years old, I, I knew that there was something on my life to do, and so I went to college to kind of figure that out. I went to a Bible college, and that's where I met Steve. And so thankful I went there. And I met him there, and the two of us going through this journey, this process, I found out that there was something bigger about the church than what I'd always kind of realized growing up. In my immaturity, in my just coming and going, and even though I'd been a part of it my whole life, I realized there was something bigger about the church it wasn't just a place to go it wasn't just a place to sing songs even though singing songs is needed and wonderful praising god there was something bigger to the church there was something about being a part of a body being a part of a family that i got to experience and kind of start learning and that's kind of what i want to leave with you guys tonight if even if you've never kind of even thought about well you know I come and I get blessed and I leave and not realizing... Maybe this is the first time you've ever even heard the concept of, wow, there's something I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm not just supposed to come in here and leave. Like, there's something I'm supposed to be doing. If if that's all that is triggered tonight, then it's a success. And those of us that know that there's a point to my life, I hope that I encourage you tonight to keep pushing. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, there's a group of people that are in the house that are called lead team, Right? And you carry so much of the load. I hope that you feel energized and encouraged tonight. Looking around, knowing that there's, there's an impact that you're making in a city. And there's an impact that you're making in individuals. So I want us to be energized and encouraged. I want us to know that, there, that the church is more than just singing songs. It's more than programs that we create. Even though programs are needed and wonderful, the church is not a location. It's not a location. The church is not the name on a building, even though we need names on buildings so that we kind of know, where am I going? If I just say the church, well, where do I go? We need names on buildings, but that's not. That's not what we're doing here. Those things are needed, but guys, we're the church. We're the body of Christ. And if you think about that, if we're the body of Christ, who is Jesus? Who was Jesus? Think about that for a second. Who is Jesus? What did Jesus do? What did He say He came into the earth to fulfill? And what did He say He was leaving us to fulfill? What are those things that we're connected to? What is it that Jesus did? Jesus went about doing mighty things. Jesus went about loving people. Even sometimes His words came across as not love, right? Like sometimes people got, wow, that's pretty harsh. But it was all love. He was love in the flesh. So everything He did was, was love. So everything that we should be about, guys, should be about what? Love. love. Everything we do, not about power, not about fame, not building a church in Erie so we can say, hey, look at what we did, right? right. No, we're here in Erie doing something for, for God, expanding who Jesus is in the earth, letting people meet the God who changed your life, yeah. expressing to people the love that's now been shed abroad in your heart. Expressing that to others. That's what your church is all about. Expanding this love. Jesus was all about love. He was all about meeting people right where they were at. Meeting them right where they were at. It didn't matter what they were going through. It didn't matter if they were the pious people of the day or the quote sinners that the Pharisees looked their nose down at. It didn't matter who they were. Jesus knew how to connect with people on an individual basis. Guys, are we doing that? Are you doing that on an individual basis? Is that what you're about? It's you about expanding the love of God and connecting with people. That's what Jesus did. We are His body. We should represent Him. Represent Him in everything we do. You know, there's that phrase that was coined, I don't know, when I was a kid. What would Jesus do? And that's a cool phrase back then, and now it's kind of like, well, oh, you know, what would Jesus do? But literally, what would He do? That is what the leadership of every, of every house should be thinking. What would Jesus do? Where would he go? What would he be saying? The fathers of every house that's leading your home and leading it well, what would Jesus do? Where would he go? What would he want to be doing? Mothers that are pouring into their kids, what would Jesus want my child to hear in this moment? What does God need me to say? Being the voice of God, the hand of God, the feet of God, walking the earth... What would Jesus want us to be doing in our families, in our relationships, with our friends? We're the body of Christ. He needs us to minister on His behalf. Right. That's what He needs of us. He's poured everything into us. He's giving us everything that we need to seed in the earth. Right. Amen? Right. That's who He is. He doesn't leave us with you know, empty hands, go do this, and He doesn't equip you. He's equipped us. Right. He's equipped us. There's something that we're about in Luke 4 verse 18 and 19 I'm reading the New King James version <coughs> excuse me it says this this you now Jesus read this to the people and to their dismay they definitely didn't like it because they didn't understand at that moment who he was and what he was about and it didn't make sense to them but this is what Jesus said our leader the head of the church this is what Jesus said about himself you read this and said this was you know fulfilled in their hearing. So he's saying this about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now let's stop for a second. What does that word gospel mean? It means good news, that's right. So it's something good to hear. It's not law and religion and demanding and you know hurtful. It's good things. It's a good news. It's it's good news. And the poor, the definition of poor is lacking in something lacking in something. So good news to people who are lacking in something. How many of us are lacking in wisdom at times? Well, the good news is He can bring wisdom into our lives. You know, it says the wisdom, the voice of wisdom is crying out, give ear to it, right? Whatever it is that you're lacking in is it finances. The good news is God wants to provide for us. He set up a system so that we can tithe and we can be givers, be given back to us, the windows of heaven open, poured a blessing out on us. What is it that you're lacking? It says that He came to bring good news to you. How do you parent? How do, I, how do I handle this moment with my kids? Good news to us, guys. He's come to fulfill, come to bring those things into our lives. That is who Jesus said He was. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, To set at liberty liberty, those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is what Jesus said about himself. And then he commissioned his body to go and do. This is a definition of the church, guys. This is the spirit of the house. This is what we should be looking like. This is what we should be doing in people's lives healing the brokenhearted, setting people free breaking chains of bondage off of people. This is what we should be seeing in the church. This is what should be happening in Impact Rock. And I believe you're seeing that. And so I'm here just to encourage you. Keep going, guys. Keep doing. Keep loving on people like you are. Keep connecting to people when you think you're not connecting. Keep talking to them anyway. Keep loving. Keep pushing and doing, because you are actually reflecting Jesus in the earth as you bring praise and adoration to God, you're reflecting Him in the earth. And it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. That's what He called us to do, to continue His work in the earth. And something amazing happens when we plant ourselves in the body. We're now part of something bigger than ourselves. Something that's life-giving. Something that can help us, even in our dark hours, remember there's a bigger purpose to my life. Yes, the car's broken down, but there's something bigger that I'm a part of. Yes, things are tough right now, but I'm a part of something bigger. Something happens when we get connected to the body. It gives us hope. It gives us hope. The things that we step forward to, the things that we call on out of ourselves to give away to others, it causes us to manifest something in the earth that wasn't there before when you connect yourself to the body. It's a beautiful thing that happens. And on the flip side of it, as we give away of what's given to us in here, something happens to us. As we plant ourselves in the house, we're connected to the body. The Word says that we we ourselves begin to flourish. Psalms 92.13, it says, those who are planted, everyone say planted? Planted "Planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Got to be planted, guys. Got to keep going. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. You plant yourself in the house. It doesn't look like things are happening right now, but you plant yourself in the house. Give yourself to the teaching and the Word that's given through Mark and Kara. You give yourself to it. Listen with spiritual ears what they're saying. And apply it to your lives and plant yourself here and you will watch yourself begin to flourish. Wisdom will come out of you when your kid runs in, in the room and you're startled almost by what's just happened. But, oh my gosh, wisdom just flew out of me and I knew exactly what to do in that moment. Where did that come from? I'm connected to the life source. And I'm planted in the house. I should begin to flourish. That's what you guys should start looking for As you're planted in the house and given away of the gifts that are in you. You should call on that and expect that to happen. You should begin to flourish. When we flourish, as we're connected to the body, receiving and giving out of what God has given us, we bring to the body something that is called stability. The body now has stability because we're now connected. We're now moving in a, as a unit. And you just think about for a second a body. And I was wishing that I had like a mannequin or something, but just think about your own body for a second. Just think about how it, it functions and it operates. You know every piece of the body is needed right my head is definitely needed I need my hands to touch my children's face if I don't have my eyes I can't see you guys smiling at me if I don't have my ears I can't hear you tell me how much you love me if I don't have my feet I can't walk and go and do If I don't have my heart you can't see my heart but if I don't have my heart I don't live Every function of the body is needed. It's needed. It's not just a maybe I might. No, it's needed. Gotta have it. The body can't move and do without it. You have to have every part of the body. Now think about a broken arm. If you have ever had a broken bone, I've never had one. But I've seen, I've had friends who've had a cast or something like that, you know, or stump your toe, something as simple as stumping your toe. What happens? God, your whole attention goes to that thing. You know, something as small as a stump toe, and gosh, you're focused on that. Your whole body almost hurts. The, I mean, the pain's right there, but everything hurts, like, you're because you're so connected. And that's the way it is in the church, guys. When you hurt, I hurt. When you're feeling something, I should feel something. And that doesn't happen if you're not connected. If you're not connected, the body can't feel. You know, take my hand off. It's hurting over there, but this part heals and. I mean, I may not have a hand, but I I mean I can't feel what the hand is now feeling over there on its own. It's been removed. You gotta be connected for the body to know you're hurting. If you need something, you guys, it's so important to articulate those things. Let your pastors know. You know, I'm do I'm dealing with this. If you don't talk that they don't know, you gotta communicate these things. But immediately, as soon as the body knows, and there should be a response. I'm feeling it. I'm hurting with you. And on the flip side too, when you're going through something joyous and happy, the body is happy with you. It almost dances along with you because you're connected to the body. Something happens when you're missing, guys. It's so important and vital that you're connected. Gotta be a part of the body. Things don't happen. Your part isn't played when you're not here. It's needed. It's needed. Now Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 12. He talked about the body. You see, the body of Christ is powerful when all the members, everyone say all, all the members are where they belong and functioning as they were designed. That is when power comes to the church. That's when something amazing happens. When you get connected and everybody's playing their part in doing, something happens. And we're all needed. First Corinthians 12:12 12, 12 says, For as the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. We're all one. Highway Community Church in Boulder. Impact Rock in Erie. We don't have separate lords and separate visions and separate things we're doing. Now, there might be different giftings in our houses. God might design us to, to do something specific for Him. It might look a little different. But we're all connected. It's a big picture all around the world. There are different things going on in different pockets of believers, in different churches, different areas. God is doing, if you put the whole thing together, you see the body of Christ. And your part is needed in the house to accomplish what God's called Impact Rock to do. Your part's needed. It's needed. And when we're all planted and connected to the body, the lost are found. Amen? Amen? The lost are found. Hungry are fed. You know, there's some people who are all about evangelism, and you've got the piece missing where somebody could be all about missions and, and feeding the poor and making sure that people that are hungry are fed. That piece, you take that piece out, there's a, there's a part of the mission of, of God that's missing. Your piece isn't less needed every part of the body is needed to do. The lost are found the hungry are fed. Disciples are taught when we bring that gift into the house. That piece of the body the broken hearted are healed when you bring that gift into the house and the lonely become a part of a family when we start functioning as one. One unit one family someone can come in here and feel like they belong And that's what we want, guys. We want everyone to feel like they belong. We we don't want anyone to feel like they're alone. It's so important. Greeters, what you do. My gosh. The importance of what you do. Well, I don't do anything. I just kind of love on people. Do people are constantly wanting to line up and give you hugs? My goodness, be in the house to give those hugs away. People need them. People need them. If you're someone that people look to, you know, the kids are constantly following you around. and can't get rid of these kids. Hello? These kids need you. They need your love and attention. Give that away to them. Every part is needed. The hospitality, the leaders, the leadership gift in the house. It's so needed. It gives direction to what you guys are doing. The hospitality and the intercessors. My gosh. The intercessors, what they do, what they provide to create an atmosphere. You don't even see them. You don't even know what they're doing. But they're creating something in here so that you can come in. And walls have been removed. You can come in and worship God. Heavens are almost opened to you because of what they did. But they prayed over you and believing you. Intercessors are so needed. Every position in the body, functioning as it should, it's so needed. Listen to what Jesus prayed for. In John 17, verse 11, it says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Verse 22, it says, In the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So important to Jesus that we were one. That we were connected. That we were apart. That was his desire. Did you know it's easier said than done? Have you ever noticed that? You, know, you get in a group of people, you know, community can be messy. Like you get in, you got all kinds of opinions and you got all kinds of flavors and desires and I see it this way and all the stuff that happens when you bring a group of people together. You know, you, you gotta be committed. And that's what I wanted to encourage you guys to do. Keep going. You might see it a little different. That's okay. Did God call you here? Did He plant you in this house? Keep pushing on, keep giving, keep doing. It's needed in the house. Every part bringing, every part bringing its part, and something amazing happens. We all want to finish our race, Amen. We all want to keep doing. We all want to do what God's called us to do. In Matthew twenty four ten, you know, it's kind of an end time scripture. If you look at Matthew twenty four kind of talking about what life will kind of look like in the, um, you know, the last days or whatever. But verse 10, it says this, many, everyone say many, many will be offended. Everyone say offended. Many will be offended. And can I tell you, this is one of the enemy's biggest tactics against the body of Christ in our generation. This is one of the things that the enemy has just pounded and pounded and pounded on people and used it to divide And and cause people to drift away from being connected to the church, being connected to the body, their life source. It's through offense. And guys, we can't do that. We can't allow offense to come in our lives. And there are many people in in here in the States, here in our country, that if you ask them, Do you love Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? They would say, Yeah. Absolutely. Do you love the church? Absolutely not. They hate the church. Now, all this especially in our area coming out here hearing different whispers of how people view church and how they're so hurt by the church and the different things that they see guys we have an opportunity if we can take this off of ourselves re, you know unveil what Satan has done in the body unveil it see it for what it is yeah. remove that from us guys we have an opportunity to create an atmosphere that would cause people to come back in. Yeah. And I believe that that's something God wants desperately, is to bring people who have been hurt and offended back into the body. That is something that He's used against us. You know, there are people that say, well, the pastor didn't, that church didn't go out of their way to greet me, so won't go back there. That style of music doesn't fit me. I gave the leadership an idea and they didn't like it. All the church wants is my money. Like all these different things that people have said, it's, it's, those are, those are not even the root issue. The root issue is something in here has been hurt. And they're just looking for something. Looking for a way to, I'm going to disconnect and I'm going to watch and let you give me an opportunity so I can say, see, told you so. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Guys, let's go after those people. Let's not take it an offense while they're talking about my church or they don't believe the way I do. Guys, let's love on them. Let's bring them back into the family. Yeah. I believe that you guys are equipped to do that. That is something that was heavy on my heart when I was praying for you guys. Y'all are equipped to do this. You are equipped to handle the people that have been heavy hearted, broken hearted and bring strength to them and bring them back in. Get them back connected to the body so that the body can function as it was intended to do. Go after them. Go after them with everything. I feel like the generation that we live in is very different from the generation my parents grew up in. And it kind of, the way, you know, my, my mom saw church and saw life dictated how I grew up. But I see a very different thing in my children's generation and then even, you know, even my own peers. You know, when my mom and dad were growing up, like, you didn't move around a lot. Like, this, you know, my, it's still like that. Like, all my family is all in one location. Like, me and my sister left, and that was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Why would you want to leave Texas? I mean, Texas is amazing. Why would you ever leave Texas? Like, my family, like, everybody's right there. All the cousins are right there. Aunts and uncles are right there. Grandparents right there. Like, everybody's right there. And that's how they grew up, generation before us. Like, you didn't move around. You didn't switch jobs. You didn't switch jobs a lot. You stayed in one location. You fought through whatever you had to fight through to keep your job. Like, this is where I'm at. And you didn't move around states and states. Like people just, especially, you know, the college age and down. Like they go to the college over here in this state and then they'll meet someone and then they move over here. It's kind of what I did. Then you move over here and you just follow, in a, you know, this path that God's called us to. And I'm not saying any of that's bad because that's what I've done. But the downside to that is we've created this culture of unsettledness. Yeah. Like I don't have to be anywhere. I can go wherever I want to go now. I got, If I don't like what the boss says to me, I'm out. If I don't like what the pastor does, I'm out. If I don't like what my husband did, I'm out. We've created this culture of not knowing how to handle offense. In my mom's generation, well, we're not going anywhere, so I have to handle this. I have to deal with it. So Satan couldn't use it as much. He did use it, but he couldn't use it as much as he does in this generation because of the lifestyle that we all live. It has created an atmosphere for him to be able to come in and divide with offense. I'll get you offended. Well, I don't. I, there's a church down the road. I don't want to deal with this because again, community's messy. I don't want to deal with this, so I'm going to go over here. And we miss, we miss it when we don't plant ourselves in the house. It says, plant yourself in the house, and then the promise comes of flourishing. Yeah. Got to plant yourself. We got to fight against the spirit of offense. And you might think, now what does this have to do with the power of the local church? I mean, you said you were gonna talk about the power of the local church. Now you're talking about offense. Well guys, the thing is is if we can't handle this in the body and we're not connected in the house, and then connect the houses as one, then we're not on the, we're not as strong as we're supposed to be. We're not outdoing as much as we're supposed to be doing. And that's that's his idea. I'll get you distracted. I'll get you disconnected, disjointed. And then you're not as strong. You're not as, not as strong to advance the kingdom like you're supposed to. If I can get you fighting each other, how many of you have seen that? Now I'm going to take the word and my Bible says this and well, I'm reading the same Bible and it says this. And so they turn and they're fighting each other with the word of God. It's not how it's supposed to work, guys. We're supposed to be taking the word and fighting out there. We're supposed to be connecting to each other. One body. One unit fighting one enemy. You are not my enemy. I am not yours. The people that you see, they're not your enemy. There is, there's an enemy out there that wants to come in to steal, kill, and destroy. When we come together as one body and one unit, we are strengthened now to establish something in the earth that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been here. We gotta handle offenses. You know, Jesus said that a house divided against itself can't stand. It can't stand. We need, we need you. Highway community needs you. We need you strong. We need you healthy, full of life, full of passion, full of power, reaching the city. That's what I'm praying over you guys. When I stand up, I pray, I pray for your pastors. I pray for their children. I cover you guys. Believe finances to come in this place. Bring, I pray wisdom over you so that you know how to make decisions when you need to do them. How to move, how to step when you need to step. How to pause when you need to pause. Those things happen. Those things come when you all come together working as one body. And one unit, and one cause. And I believe that he gave me three things that kind of break down and destroy people and cause them to unplug themselves from the church. And one is offense, it's hurt feelings, unforgiveness. I just can't get over these things, and so I'm going to unplug myself. And when we do that, here's the next thing he does he brings isolation to you. In your mind, you start thinking, I don't need you. I don't need people. I don't need the church. I can do this on my own. I've got a ministry. I can go minister. But I don't need the church. I can't I can't do church. But I'll just go minister to people. And you become untrusting of people. And you create these walls where people can't penetrate and get to you. And that's his goal. He wants you isolated and alone. When he gets you isolated and alone, depression sets in. Then you become sad. You think there's nothing to work for. There's nothing to live for. I've been doing all these things, but I just don't think it's worth it anymore. Become depressed. And this is what he wants to do. And depression will cause you to feel weak in your spirit, weak physically. I just don't think I can keep going and keep doing. That's what he wants. Guys, that's why it's so important to fight through whatever you have to do to stay connected and planted in the house. Don't you leave. Don't you quit. You're needed here. Desperately needed in this house so that you can keep going and doing what you're, what this house is called to do. So we got to fight off. The, the number one thing is offense. If it's trickled down into some of these other areas, let's handle that. But if you see just a twinge of, of offense, ah, that just didn't set right with me. Guys, it's not something to play with. Right, right. Do whatever you have to do to let that go so you can stay connected in the body. And if we could if I could have the guitarist come up. I'll close with this. Now I was trying to think of an example. You know, if if you teach something or you talk about something, you gotta find it in the word, right? Can't just kind of set it to the side and this is my thing. I think God spoke to me. If God spoke it, then it's in the word somewhere. And so I thought about Elijah. And you know, if you thank God I'm not a prophet <laughs> back in those days. My goodness, just reading one day. This is just one day in the life of a prophet. This is what happens with Elijah. Elijah, he goes up to this mountain and he calls these prophets to come out. Climbs up this mountain. Just think about it for a second. It's not a hill, it's a mountain. Climbs a mountain. That in of itself would be like, Whew, I'm done. Climb the mountain. (laughs) Climbs a mountain. He gets up there. He rebuilds an altar. So he's done all this work just climbing up there. Now he's physically rebuilding an altar, calling these prophets, 850 of them, calling them to come out and show me what your God can do. So he sits there and he gives them time to kind of do their rituals and do their thing. Obviously, their God didn't show up. So now he, this altar that he's built, he just pours and douses all this water on top of it. It's just soaking wet. There's like this ditch all the way around it filled with water. He calls down fire from heaven, licks up all the water, nothing left, the altar, everything's gone. After that, he climbs back down the mountain and he slaughters these eight hundred and fifty prophets. And then he goes and he tells this this king that he's gonna pray and cause the drought to leave. One day in the life of a prophet. This is his day, he's not even done. He's going to go and he's now going to go pray for this drought to leave. So now he, he climbs another mountain. Climbs up to the top of this mountain and starts praying on behalf of the people. Bring rain. Bring rain. Bring rain. He keeps praying. Finally, the rain comes. He sees it coming. So he comes back down the mountain. And he goes over and he tells the people, you know, these guys, with the chariots, get your chariots, get your horses. Rain's coming. So these chariots take off. It says the Spirit of God came on him and he took off running and outran the chariots, outran the horses. This is the same day, guys. Still running, still doing, still going. Gets to this city, and Jezebel hears about all that he's done, killing her prophets and all of this stuff. Like, I'm gonna have your head for all that you did. Then all of a sudden, this man who has climbed the mountain twice, who has called fire from heaven, has done all this stuff in one day. Takes off running again. Running from Jezebel. Can't kill me. I'm I'm not ready to die. Takes off running and leaves. Finds himself under a tree. Sits under this tree and now he says, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. Just take me now. I'm done. He lays down and and this angel comes and ministers to him. But it's still not enough. Because he still, he goes 40, it says he went 40 days on the mill that the angel gave him twice water and bread was brought to him he goes 40 days with that ends up and climbs what another mountain to get up there and tell God I'm the only one left I am all alone no one else believes in you nobody else is doing I'm all by myself it's amazing what God's response was he said there are 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal now why did he feel that way guys he was alone he was alone and he was isolated when we get ourselves unplugged from the church unplugged from family unplugged from friends this is what happens oh you can be doing amazing things you can see fire fall from heaven you'll still want to quit you'll want to give up we were created for relationship we were created for family that's what we were created for destined to come together as one body one unit the church needs you desperately needs you needs your gift needs your life needs your wisdom don't quit don't you give up Don't you give up. You're needed. Needed in the body.